0: everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Lynn, I've had a lot of fun with the whole flogging your steed thing. You have used the flogging of your steed way too many times. <laughs> I know. So because of that, I had to come up with an episode about flogging your steed, which is basically whips and crops. I was afraid you're going to say whips and crops and chains. (laughs) No, just whips and crops. Okay. (laughs) This is keeping this PG. Yes, always PG. I actually do not hate lunging my horse. My daughters, both of them, have always hated lunging their
1: horses. I hate lunging. And thank God with cutting horses, we do not lunge because I'm going to tell you that I had like problems with my hips. From lunging horses, like lunge, 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 apparently in bad shoes. And I would have uh. like aches and pains. I don't
0: like lunging. That's random. I don't mind lunging. I've I equate lunging to putting clothes in the washing machine. So it's like things are going to work, but you don't really have to do anything. You just have to stand there. Can you hear the kitten clawing that thing? I took a fabulous <laughs> photo of our podcast kitty, the
1: roadkill rescue mm-hmm. kitty. With Mm -hmm. Regina as we got started today, because that roadkill kitty is into everything. Everything.
0: And she's in the background right now, clawing something. So, so back to the lunging, I will say though, like it's not like I just had
1: to lunge my horse. I had to lunge everybody's Mm. horse for Kevin. So,
0: like that's like hours in the round pen lunging. So, no wonder my hips hurt. Yeah, I, I guess. I just don't mind. I don't, ha- now is it awkward? I mean, when I get out there and I've got the lunge rope and it's like 29 feet and it's wrapped around my arms. And then I've got the lunge whip and it gets tangled up in the lunge rope and the horse is at the end of it looking at me like, are you ever going to get your life together? Yeah. I mean, it can be super awkward. There's a talent or a a skill set that you have to use. Coordination? Coordination to successfully lunge your steed and not have to flog your steed. All right. I want to hear about this. Okay. So the whip crack. To me... When I'm at my prime and I'm getting that horse going around and I can just with the, with the simple flick of my wrist and I get that whip crack, (laughs) I feel like the master of the universe. (laughs) I feel so powerful. Perhaps
1: instead of being, coming a PhD, you should have been a circus trainer (laughs) or
0: lion or a whip artisan.
1: Okay, I thought we were
0: keeping this PG. We are. According to Mach 1 whip artistry, whip history is actually a bit elusive. Virtually all primitive cultures developed some type of whip when they were engaging with their herd animals. How the whips were made, what they were made of, and how elaborate the whips were really was the result of what kinds of material was around. I mean, you could have whips from woven grasses to seal skin to dried stingray tails. Even whips decades and decades and years and generations ago could have been made by human bone and skin. You
1: Okay, I... I was really drawn to the stingray tail. Like, oh, yeah. that's a fabulous l- use of a stingray tail. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Get to human bones yeah, and skin. You, yeah, yeah. You, I, I lost you. I have a bit. I. I've lost my grody, all ability to be
0: articulate (laughs) at this point because no. Yeah. Whips were even status symbols in ancient Egypt, and they had these beautiful carvings and these grand images on these whips. Whip making actually is quite an art. There's a guy named David Morgan who literally wrote the book called whips and whip making. And he also has another book called Whips of the West. He designed the whips that Harrison Ford used in the Indiana Jones films. Interesting. Interesting. I bet there's a
1: lot of city people that really didn't understand the use of a whip or whip cracking without
0: that movie. Absolutely. Or that series of movies. Yeah. And you can buy his whips online. And Lynn, they are from, I, I spent a little bit of time on his website. Those whips can be anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars. And a lot of what he has are, they're these bull whips. At one point in Australia, whip makers went through literally a full apprenticeship program to make bull whips. Like it was a skilled trade. Bull whips are whips that are continuously braided over a stiff short handle and they kind of, they kind of curl around. This was the type of whip used in the American West and was used for moving or loading cattle. It was called the bull whip because if you can get the bull to move, the rest of the herd will follow. Or it's also perhaps named the bull whip because it was discovered bull whip kelp which is a seaweed, could be braided, and it would make that whip crack sound as well. Okay, so remember how much I said that I love that whip crack sound? (laughs) Well, again, according to Mach 1 Whip Artistry and Whip Coach Daniel Trout, that distinct crack that that whip makes is actually a small sonic boom. That sound is produced when the tip of the whip breaks the sound barrier. This is
1: actually fascinating. Isn't that interesting? And actually, you really caught my attention, too. Like, the braiding that goes on to, like, there's a lot of artistry and work that goes into making a whip. Yeah, you don't think about that. Now, even if I think about my lunge whip at home, it is all
0: braiding. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So in order to make that whip crack or, or get past that speed of sound, the tip of the whip must reach speeds in excess of 1,400 feet per second or 750 to 800 miles per hour. These whips, the whips that can crack are called supersonic whips. These whips that can crack have been around for at least 3,000 years. So the whips are a great tool for herding animals, but... Probably contrary to popular belief, these whips were never meant to strike the animals. First, by striking that herd of cattle, it could cause a stampede. And second, it's thought that the meat on those animals may be negatively impacted by the strike of the whip. Absolutely. If if it hit their loin, their loin. So talk to me about, I mean, we're talking about cattle and th- those are the bull whips that we're primarily talking about. But I also want to talk about, cause I think this is a good segue. I've been to a lot of county fairs where I've watched pigs mm. get beat with whips and their, their skin is stop it.
1: Whips are a tool, just like spurs are a tool. Spurs are not intended to injure a horse. They're a tool to give an extension of the leg. Used
0: properly, a spur should not mark your horse. So, when whips are used on pigs, is it their skin is particularly sensitive? So,
1: for those of you that don't show pigs, first of all, they should be a tool, and you shouldn't have to use your whip extensively on a pig. You should be able to just touch it. And mm-hmm. the really good showman just use that whip as a tool, a guiding, and kind of tap it along to keep it going. So, what unfortunately happens is you get some young children that don't have that control or that patience. These pigs in the show ring, their con- their skin coats are conditioned and more, like they're soft. They don't have like a regular pig hide. Mm-hmm. They're washed daily. They put like human lotion on them. Their skin is soft and conditioned. And especially the white pigs, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know yourself with well, a real white pig like their skin absolutely shows a red mark. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. So, yeah, you I mean, have- it's an honest question. Yeah, no,
0: it it is a great question. Great question. So, because there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast, or you know, who they may be horse people, but we're a lot of us are also exposed to pig shows and cattle shows. And so, I've always wondered about that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, there's just like with whips, with Mm -hmm. spurs, there is
1: some misuse out there, Mm -hmm. and it's not the whip's fault. It's not the spurs' fault. Mm -hmm. It's the person handling that tool. And again, I I love that you discussed that the bull whip was never intended to actually strike the cattle. It's not. I mean, I've never, if I've been on a ranch and they're moving cattle and there is somebody that has talent, because it is a talent mm-hmm. to use a whip, I've never seen them strike, strike the, the cattle with
0: the whip. It's just that sound. It's the that sound. keeps them moving yes. forward. Yes. And, you know, the lunge whip it's not a bull whip, but it's kind of close to that because it has that long piece at the end. And I'm going to tell you, it takes a while to learn how to crack that. And once I get it, and it, and different whips, different lunge whips, and different bull whips. Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I can't believe you took us down the pig trail. Oh, I know. Sorry, sorry, but I find it interesting. Yeah, and you know. If I want
1: to, like if I'm lunging a horse and it's just being naughty or it won't go to the rail of the round pen, Mm -hmm. I will actually grab the end of the whip, put it in my hand and just reach out a little bit with that long stick and give them a a little tap on the behind to get them moving. Not crack them with the
0: the, the whip the sonic boom, but the little stick to get Mm -hmm. them going, which Mm -hmm. again, just a tool. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there have been times when I have made contact with a lunge whip. There is. I admit it. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it is It is the equivalent of putting a bit
1: in a horse's mouth, and we've used several different analogies, mm-hmm. but putting a bit in your horse's mouth, and that mm-hmm. bit is a tool, not, a, not something to be used as a punishment. And how many of us in our younger
0: days have not yanked a little bit on a bit? jerked its face off.
1: <laughs> so if you're going to reach out and touch with a whip,
0: yeah. And I would say that when I do touch with a lunge whip, I don't crack it on the horse. I'll like, like a swooping. It's almost like like running the the long part over its butt so it feels it yeah. and not actually cracking the, the sonic boom part. So it's not cracking, it's kind of like touching yeah. in a highly encouraging way.
1: And our $19.99
0: lunge whips, (laughs) they're not really built to be real severe. No, no. In fact, they're not even really built to last because (laughs) how many lunge whips do you pick up and they're busted in the middle or busted on the end and they've got a thousand knots and oh, that drives me crazy. Or you use the round pen as a turnout and you leave the lunge whip
1: laying in the middle of the turnout and then your horse uses the whip. As a toy. Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro power, power up, hoof
1: power, Power Punch, Emergency Power, visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine.
0: So we've been primarily talking about bull whips. There are other types of whips and crops as well. Jennifer Povey wrote an article for PetHelpful.com in April of 2022 called Horse Training Tools Riding Crops and Whips. And so she kind of gave a rundown of the different types of crops and whips. So the riding crop is about 24 to 30 inches long, and it has those two flaps at the end. It generally is held on the inside hand when going in a circle, or basically if you think about a horse show and somebody's riding in the equitation or the hunter under saddle, if they have a whip, it's usually used in the inside hand of that arena. I have not seen anyone ride with a crop in a hunt class in, I can't even remember the last time. I'm trying to think that when back in the day...
1: Did we switch hands when we changed directions? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And I, you know, it's one of those things that's does it go on the inside or the outside? Yeah. And that just like you're yeah. right. I. And so when you reversed, when we were in 4H, we often rode with a crop, with our unruly steeds that we needed to flog. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we would reverse, and, and perhaps then, we should have just used a little more inside leg, right? <laughs> but I remember that even switching that crop in your hand was a skill that you had to do it just right in front of the judge if you did need to reverse. It was part of the equitation. It was part of the equitation. So that type of riding crop is used to tap, as you've said earlier, tapping. Tap and encourage forward movement. And usually that crop, because of its length, is used behind that rider's leg. So it's not used on the shoulder or on the rump. So then the next type of whip or crop that Jennifer discussed was the show cane. The show cane should never, ever, ever under any circumstances be used to hit the horse, mostly because it's this super rigid stick almost. And it's really, truly just for show. It's kind of like dummy spurs on dressage riders. This show cane is purely decorative. And they can also be incredibly expensive depending on if you're using leather or how fancy the handle is and so forth. Oh, well then, of course, we would have to have the most expensive and best one. <laughs> of course. Even if it was perfectly useless. Yeah, we might be eating off-brand cereal at home, right. but we'll have the best looking show cane. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the hunting whip, it consists of a cane similar to a show cane. And like a show cane, it is not for use on the horse. And it has like a five foot to seven foot lash attached. That lash is what that floppy part of the whip is. The purpose of the hunting whip is to keep the hounds from getting under the horse's feet. So it's designed so that the rider can flick that long lash at a dog without so the rider doesn't have to take their hands off the reins. So it never occurred to me that, that a rider would carry a whip for a dog. That is a shocker to me. I had
1: no idea because I've seen those photos. Yeah. And they have that whip and you're absolutely right. I always just
0: thought it was a really long whip to hit the back end of the horse. No. I never really understood the purpose of that whip. We don't understand hunting animals or hunting horses anyway, or that the way that works. We've never been hunter-jumper people.
1: We have not. I and would we've like, like to. I've always dreamed of it.
0: And we've had hounds at our horses' feet, but we just assume they're going to get stepped on and break <laughs> their leg and he'll have another vet bill. <laughs> Okay, the dressage whip. The purpose of the dressage whip is to assist in training exercises. The dressage whip is never used to correct a horse, but solely to make clear signals when teaching such movements as a turn on the forehand. A tool. It's a tool. Whips of any kind, after all, are prohibited in the dressage arena. The lunge whip, which we've already talked about a little bit. The only thing I can say about lunge whips is that I... Hate lunge whips that have knots on the, on the end, on the lash. Cause you can't crack them. You can't crack them. I hate broken lunge whips. I hate it when the handle of the lunge whip is in the dirt and you have to pick it up and you get grime all over your hands. I like lunge whips, but it, it has to be properly stored and ready for use so that I can make that crack. Okay, moving on to the driving whip. A carriage driver does not have legs and seats. And this really speaks to our friends who show the ASPC, AMHR, or any actual kind of driving. I mean, there's pleasure horses that now are driven at big shows. And as you think about it, the person who's driving that animal does not have legs or balance or their butt to kind of communicate with that horse. So a driving whip is literally... It's a must. So to communicate with that pony or mini or horse, you have to use your voice and you use the driving whip. And for us, as we've talked earlier, it's a tap. You know, so tap on the right, it's tap on the left. Where I mean, you really don't want to hit the horse that's in front of you in a harness with a whip because you don't know how it's going to end up. No, I have seen my daughter get dumped out of a cart. I mean, it had nothing to do with the whip, but cart crashes, they're pretty awful. And you, you, yeah, you got to be careful. I've seen some of those shared on Facebook and (laughs) they are awful, awful, awful. Okay, jumping bat. A jumping bat is a very, very short crop. It's less than two feet long and it's got that large flapper. It's, you know, the two flap thing. She's flapping her fingers at me. Like a crab. Mm -hmm. The jumping bat is seen solely in the jumping ring, or when training jumpers. It's used as a signal to teach or to encourage the horse to properly tuck its front end. The thing is, is that it has to be because it's so short, it has to be used on the shoulder instead of like behind the leg with a regular crop. And there's some conversation that when you're using it on the shoulder, it actually discourages the horse from moving forward, which is typically why you're using it. That would make sense to me. I would think the same way. Yeah. So, all of the above that we've just talked about are, except for the driving, those are usually for English riders. Western people, as you said, have spurs. But Western people also can use something called a quirt. So before the 1900s, most cowboys carried a kind of whip called a quirt. The quirt has a loop that goes around the wrist, thus keeping the hands free, and a short handle that's covered in leather. It has like a 10 inch or so long lash. Some quirts have two tails, and they're generally called horse quirts or dog quirts. The quirt hangs over the rider's wrist, or it hangs on the saddle horn when not in use. Interesting, ramel reins—that is considered a sort of a quirt. So the ramel is a quirt attached to the reins of a bridle, which that quirt and a raw rein is not used on the horse, but it's used to encourage cattle to be a little bit more cooperative. Dennis Moreland Tack posted an article in 2020 in the Quarter Horse News called "Romel Reigns, Reins, When, Why, and How to Use Them. And I'm going to quote here. A Rommel rein is a closed rein composed of two distinct parts, the reins and the ramel. The reins are attached to the bit with rawhide or leather loops, snaps or rein chains. They make up approximately half the length of the entire piece of equipment. The ramel is a single cord equal in length to the reins and joined to them with a connection strap. A popper that can serve as a quirt is attached at the end of the ramel it is made of a flat double piece of leather. So it makes a pop when it touches the surface. So again, we're talking about it's the noise that we're supposed to encourage animals to move with, not necessarily the pain of being hit with a whip. And I read somewhere else that this quirt at the end of the mells are used on a horse to startle them, the sound of it. So there's kind of conflicting information about is that ramel rain used for like vaqueros because a lot of the vaqueros use ramel reins to like slap cattle mm-hmm. or is that court at the end of those rammel reins used for a horse? So I think you'd probably go either way all along depending on the day and the drive <laughs> and how hot and tired somebody
1: is <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: yeah. So as we wrap this up, I want to state that all along, everything that I've read in this research, crops and whips were created to communicate with the horse and not punish it. Of course, there is still a lot of controversy over the use of whips in the racehorse industry. In fact, on February 19th in 1966, a well-dressed former jockey made his way onto the track with a double-barrel shotgun. He told officials that he would use the gun if the jockeys rode with whips in the next race. The gentleman's last name was Hoisted, and Hoisted was desperate for people to pay attention to his feelings and belief that whips should be banned from horse racing. And this, of course, is still a hot topic today. I don't watch horse racing. I I feel bad for the losers in a horse race. I hate the times, and it's not that often, but it's too often when horses break down on the racetrack. I I just, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a runner. I just feel the stress and pressure for those horses in that race. I feel bad for the ones that lose. In England, there are actual rules as to how many times a racehorse can be struck with a whip. And Norway has outlawed the use of whips to make racehorses run faster. So historically, again, Whips and crops were never meant to be used as punishment for horses, although they can be used in that manner. And there's still a lot of controversy about flogging your steed. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.